introduction to the March family. The four March sisters sat around the fire on a Christmas Eve. It was the time of the Civil War in America. Their father, Mr. March, was in the army and so was away fighting the war. Their mother, a social worker, was also away from home, helping the poor and needy. How can we feel it's Christmas without presents? Grumbled Joe lying on the rug. Meg echoed the same sentiment. It's so awful to be poor. Little Amy added. Is it fair for some to have so much and for others to have nothing? Beth, a shy girl, showed more maturity than others. But we have mother, father and each other. She spoke gently. The faces of the other three girls brightened up for a moment, but then Joe said, We haven't got a father with us and don't know when he'll return. To change the topic, Meg said, Do you know why mother suggested not to have any presents this year? It's going to be a very harsh winter for all of us. The soldiers are suffering so much. We ought to make our little sacrifices. They had only four dollars and they didn't see how this money was going to help the army. Joe wanted to buy a book as she was a bookworm. Beth remembered her desire to spend her dollar in new music and she sighed. Amy had decided to get some nice drawing pencils. Joe, looking at her worn out shoes, said, I'm sure mother won't mind if we buy what we want because we work so hard. Yes, I know what hard work is. Teaching small children all day is no joke, commented Meg. My work is tougher than yours, remarked Joe. You have no idea how it is to remain shut up with a fuzzy, ever dissatisfied lady for hours. Beth heard her two sisters and then added, Washing dishes and cleaning are the worst of all work. My hands have become so rough. None of you suffer so much as I do, cried Amy. I have to deal rude schoolmates who mock at you for anything and insult you if you aren't rich. Don't fret, girls, said Meg. We're a lot happier than King's children. It's true that we've no money and have to do a lot of work, but we don't face any infighting amongst ourselves. She also scolded Joe for her boyish behavior. You must remember you're a young lady. I don't want to look like by tying my hair in a net. I don't want to wear long gowns when I grow up. I'd love to go at fight in the war, protested Joe who was 15, very tall, thin, and brown. Meg, or Margaret, 16, was very pretty, a little plump and fair. Elizabeth, or Beth, 13, was shy, rosy, and a bright-eyed girl. She lived in a world of her own. Amy was the youngest, a fair girl with blue eyes. She always minded her manners. The clock struck six and the girls got busy in cleaning up the room. Mother was about to return. 
Beth put a pair of slippers near the fire. Meg lighted the lamp. Amy got up for the easy chair. They waited for their mother. Mom should have a new pair of slippers. This one is worn out, said Joe. I was thinking of buying her a present, said Beth. Joe contributed her bit. Let's each of her buy her a present for Christmas instead of buying for ourselves. That's an excellent idea, said Meg. I'll give her a pair of gloves. I'll give her handkerchiefs, said Beth. I'll give her a little bottle of glowgone. It won't cost much, and still I'll have some money left to buy my pencils, added Amy. They decided to surprise their mother the next day with their gifts. They were also going to stage for a play on the Christmas night. Joe reminded them that they needed to rehearse. I'm getting too cold for plays, said Meg. You can't do that, cried Joe. You're the best actress we've got. Come here, Amy, and do the fainting scene again. Amy was no actress, and she could not fall flat on the ground. To Joe's satisfaction, who was the writer and director of the play, as well as the hero and villain. Meg was, of course, the heroine. Beth admired Joe for her brilliance. Then Mother came in, a noble-looking woman, Mrs. March, made the most fantastic mother in the world. How was your day, dears? How is your cold, Meg? Joe, you look very tired. Come and kiss me, Amy said she, taking off her wet clothes. She put on her warm slippers. She was ready for a hot cup of tea. Beth served her the tea. While sipping the tea from the cup, Miss March said with a smile, I've got a surprise for you girls. It was a letter from their father. They finished the tea quickly and sat around their mother to listen to her read the letter. She read it from the letter. Give them my love. Tell them I always think of them. I'm sure they're looking after their mother well. So when I come back, I will be proud father. They are my little women. The girls had tears in their eyes. Hiding her face on the mother's shoulder, Amy sobbed. I'm shelf selfish, but I'll try to be better. I'll try to change my attitude, said Meg. I hate to work and care too much for my books. Joe added, I'll give up being a tomboy and be a little woman. Beth spoke. I'll not envy girls with nice pianos. Mrs. March smiled and said, I know my brave girls will surely improve themselves. When God gives us burdens, he also gives us strength to bear them with patience. That is why I tell you to read a chapter from the Bible every morning. You'll find the burdens much e easier to bear. Look under your pillows tomorrow morning. While old Hannah cleared the table, the girls worked on their embroidery. They were making sheets for Aunt March. 
the father's sister. They stopped at nine o'clock and sang together as usual before. They went to bed. Meg and Amy had sweet voices, but Joe could not sing. Miss March, however, was gifted singer. She and she loved to sing. She sang as she went about her work in the morning. Her singing was the first thing the girls heard in the morning. Her lullaby was the last they heard before falling asleep.